is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's Adam, Dave, and Jamie. This is possibly my favorite episode of the year. I love the draft reactions. What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. We are coming to you a little bit late here on this Friday afternoon. Hopefully get this to you for your evening commute. And you may already be into rounds two and three by the time you hear it, but that doesn't matter. we got plenty of great info for you on Fantasy Football Today. What is up, Dave Richard? Adam, it is great to be with you as always. And I believe even though we're, we, we can't talk about round two or round three because it hasn't happened as of this podcast, but we will early on next week, I'm hoping. Oh, Monday. Adam? Monday is the plan. Good. Yes. Get right after Monday. So you guys are going to have lots of fantasy football loving between your ears. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you should watch it all on CBS Sports HQ. Dave, who is the, uh, the big fantasy winner? Just one. One fantasy winner from yesterday. I, I got a lot of them. I'm going to go. Is it easy to say Saquon Barkley? Is that is that too obvious? No. Uh, you asked for one. There's yeah, one. You want two? It kind of. Yeah. <clears throat> Another fantasy winner is whoever the Colts running back is. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Yes, whoever they take. Oh, look at you. You thought you were going to be clever and that you would say something that no one else would say. And then I said it, and your voice got really high-pitched. And it did. It did. I mean, well, the thing is that the Colts took the best offensive line wow. in the draft. I've never heard you sound like that. I know. And uh, they took Quentin Nelson. So, yes, so excited for the Colts to please take a running back in round two. And, again, they've got they've got the fourth and fifth picks of round two. So by the time you hear this – you, you might already know who they took. I hope it is a running back with one of those two picks. Uh, all right, how about a fantasy loser? I I don't have as many losers as I do winners, but I'm going to go with Seahawks. Yeah, that's it. Seahawks. <laughs> you didn't like Penny? The Seahawks. Their their offensive line isn't great. They need help at receiver badly. Um, they're secondary. Couple questions in there. And so they go ahead and spend their first round pick on a running back that not many people had a first round grade on in uh, the draft community. Mm-hmm. I guess I shouldn't say like NFL teams because I don't know how many NFL teams did or didn't. Seattle did. They took Rashad Penny. It's a serious head scratcher. And I'm not this isn't sour grapes because it's potentially bad for Chris Carson. It is. I, I feel like it's pretty out of character for the Seahawks. They must be in love with Rashad Penny. Maybe they're moving him to guard. So one thing uh, that was interesting. Well, actually, we'll get it. We'll get into that in just a second. So I have a fun game we're gonna play. But this is San Diego State running back Rashad Penny, the 27th overall pick. And you know he's a big, he's a bigger running back, but he's got speed. And he actually returned seven kickoffs for touchdowns in his uh, college career, which is really interesting. And um it's exciting. Impressive. Yeah, it's very you watch if you just watch the highlights and compare him to Sony Michelle, who was taken very shortly after, Michelle looks a lot more explosive. But I mean se- returning seven kickoffs for touchdowns, that's amazing. And it could just be that Michelle looks a lot more explosive because he's smaller. Not that he's small, but Penny's kinda big. So, you know, sometimes the bigger guys doesn't look like they're moving as fast. But I was yeah, it was obviously it was interesting. It was different. It, it was right after Calvin Ridley was taken. He would have been a nice pick for them. Uh, give me one more loser. Uh, I don't like what what's going to happen to Josh Allen. Well, give me a give me an NFL player that's a loser, not just a rookie. I'm not going to like what's going to happen to Martavis Bryant. 
Oh, no? Okay, so he goes no. to Oakland. Yeah, he's now technically Oakland's third receiver, probably their deep ball guy. We've talked on the podcast before about John Gruden's track record. Typically one wide receiver does well, not multiple wide receivers. And uh, I think it's going to be tough for Bryant to put up. I, I don't think he's going to ever put up numbers like he did before his one-year suspension. I just think that he's kind of a, a dud. I guess if I had a, two questions for you, the first one would be, is Derek Carr a winner now with Cooper? I guess technically, Nelson, but I still don't. I still don't see a lot of people drafting Derek Carr, not even as a number two quarterback. Oh, top like top twenty four, or you mean? I don't. I just don't think he'll get drafted in. in you don't think? Yeah, a ton of leagues. Not Makes this sense. year. Not with all the quarterbacks that are out there. And who's a bigger loser, Martavis Bryant or Jamie Eisenberg? Oh, Martavis. Really. I mean, it's not Jamie, what I heard. No, Jamie. Hey, Jamie's um, a big one. You have to go out tonight, right? I'm not sure if I'm going out or staying in, but we have company coming over shortly. Oh, you have you have something to do, right? Yeah, I do. So you call me a loser, you. Oh, come on! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jamie's here. Hi, Jamie. Kind of deserved that, Adam. Now I will say I didn't see Jamie on HQ yesterday because I was out. I was at a, a friend, a friend's house. You know, hour. you can watch it wherever you are, right? Yeah, but I couldn't tell the guy, hey, no, you, no, you, you turn right. off the TV or get, you know, download. I couldn't tell the guy to put, to, to, my brother-in-law to put, uh, HQ on. We were watching NFL Network, which wasn't very good. I got home last night though, before the first round ended and I watched the end of it on HQ and it was great. I didn't see Jamie on there, but I did see Nick Costos is a terrific host and Danny Cannell and BMAC. They were awesome. Uh, great info. Watch the rest of it on CBS Sports HQ. These guys are doing an outstanding job. We got, we got highlights. We got all that good stuff. Very professional. We have, we have, uh, Pete Prisco live from Dallas. Yep, we sure do. So he's, he's there. Um, he pocket dialed me today, that, that old man. Are you um, sure it was pocket dial? Not, yeah, pretty sure. Unless he was just being a jerk, not saying anything. Yeah. yeah, so we'll have, uh, we'll have live coverage if you're uh, listening to this tonight after Adam goes out, um, and bleeps out what I said. Yeah. Um, we'll have live coverage tonight, Friday night, and all day Saturday. Yes, so uh, download the CBS Sports app on your Amazon Fire, on your Roku, on any of your connected devices, on your phone, whatever, and watch CBS Sports HQ on the CBS Sports app. It's free. You don't have to sign up. You will love it. Also, if you want some, we'll talk a little bit about the NFL draft. You know, obviously we'll talk fantasy, but we'll talk a little non-fantasy. But if you want that kind of analysis, I recommend the Pick 6 podcast, which is about 30 minutes. It's six topics, five minutes each. It's awesome. Will Brinson hosts it. Check out the Pick 6 podcast. This is a perfect time to uh, subscribe to that. I'll I'm, be on there next week, too. Oh, nice. Um, and also, they're going to be doing, and we're going to be doing the same thing on the Draft app. The Draft app is now offering best ball leagues. So on Monday, we're going to do one on the air. And I think Will's going to do the same thing on the Pick 6 podcast. But that's pretty cool for your DFS app to be able to do best ball leagues. And we'll talk about that on Monday. I've got four running back quotes. They are from... Either a head coach or a GM from the three teams that drafted running backs last night. The Giants, the Patriots, and the Seahawks. You tell me which team said it. You know, you don't have to tell me if it was the coach or the GM. You can if you want. This one's pretty easy. I think this one's been circulating. Quote, he was touched by the hand of God, frankly. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen any quotes today, so that's new to me. Uh, I'll say Saquon. Dave, he was touched by the hand of God, frankly. That better be Pete Carroll after he took Rashad Penny. <laughs> that is Dave Gettleman on Saquon Barkley. 
It's quite a quote. Quite a quote. All right, how about this one? He is going to be a three-down back for us, and he can do everything. That's that's also Saquon Barkley. I'll say it's uh, Bill Belichick on Sony Michelle. Oh, you guys suck. It is Pete Carroll on Rashad Penny, a three-down back. Interesting. You buy he doesn't it? catch the ball very much. Yeah, I know. Do you, do you buy that? Pete Carroll lies a lot. <laughs> he does. He lives in hyperbole. Uh, okay, so I'm not sure we're buying that. I hear it's nice there. Uh, okay, how about this one? Quote, well, Pete. <laughs> uh, a true rarity is that we had a team call after we selected him and tried to acquire him. I've never experienced that. We feel very blessed tonight. Gettleman. I'm going to say that that's Pete Carroll again. All right, I'll give you partial credit. Is Seattle GM John Schneider on Rashad Penny. I believe you said coach quotes on player when you started no, this fun little game. I said coach or GM. No, he didn't. Oh. Uh, it's Seattle. Yeah, Jamie, where, where's the thing um, that I was going to – I'll do it. I'll, I'll curse again. <laughs> oh, no, that was not the beat. This – okay. Anyway, uh, last one. He had some really interesting analytics and stats about him with durability, run after contact, run after first contact. He actually, of this group of running backs, was number one in both categories. Seattle. There's no way that's the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, Seattle. The Patriots are, the Patriots are like, yeah, yeah, we think Michelle's a, a good player. Look forward to having him here. All right, so Do basically I read – I couldn't find any quotes on Michelle, and every quote I found was basically on on uh, on Penny. Except for the Gettleman one. So yes, it is a, it is a, uh, Penny segment here. And they love him. They love the analytics. Every down back. Do you guys like Rashad Petty in, uh, in fantasy? I'm not excited about him. Jamie? I, I mean, look, I, I like the opportunity. You know, th- there were a handful of teams that needed a running back and they clearly feel that this is their guy. I think if I saw it correctly, it's the first time they've picked in the first round in the last six years. That they've traded out every time. Wow, really? Or they haven't? Or they haven't a pick? I, I, I may be wrong on that, but I thought that's what I saw. Um, or second time in six years. I, look, he's gonna get a he's gonna get a chance, you know. And so he's got a bad offensive line in front of him. His competition is not great. Look, Chris Carson's a good player, but he's not a great player. Mike Davis. Bite is, your tongue. Mike dude. Davis is a guy they found off the scrap heap. CJ Procise uh, may get cut. JD McKissick is a former receiver. So you know, this is a guy that averaged eight yards per carry the last two years in college. Uh, he ran for 2,000 yards. So he's, he's got potential. He was a sleeper, you know, for this draft class. It's just a, a, a surprise. You know, I think if this was two rounds from now and Seattle took him, there'd be a little bit more excitement. It's yeah. just the fact I think that he got picked ahead of Darius Geis and Ronald Jones and, you know, Chubb and Michelle. And Michelle. You know, and so I, I think you're looking at it and saying, did they reach for him? Maybe so, but this is somebody that they clearly like. Look, I think I can come around if Seattle's offensive line can look better before the season but, starts. But let me ask you something, because you just said bite your tongue about Chris Carson, who's somebody that you've liked. I don't know if there's a, a – a, like Chris Carson was probably going to be drafted round six maybe, optimistically. If in, they in, hadn't in, have taken in, another running back? Yeah. yeah. So, so now this replaces Chris Carson, who we've seen with Seattle running backs. Thomas Rawls couldn't come back from his broken ankle and play at a high level. Mm-hmm. They like what Chris Carson showed, but he's a seventh-round pick for a reason. This is draft capital for them, and they're going to, I think, based on the criticism, have to defend it to a certain level. So he's going to get the chance to be, I don't know, three down back because if Procise is right and if McKissick can hold on to that role, he'll play on third downs. But 
I, I think this is a situation where, you know, don't look at it and say, oh, my God, they reached for him, and I don't think he's very good. He's good. It's just a matter of can he be good. Like you said, the offensive line is, is an issue. But, you know, they added Dwayne Brown, you know, toward the end of last season. You know, they, they, they're certainly going to be better than what they have been. They can't be any worse. They added feel, DJ Fluker, too. I don't know if that helps. It should help a little bit. Fluker's better than what they had. Yep. I, I just I think Pete Carroll has been trying for a long time to find a physical running back. Remember, Eddie Lacy was the guy sure. they brought in. They, he, he no, loved having years, Glendale White. They lost, they lost uh, Marshawn after the 2016 season. So maybe this is their answer to that. I don't look at Rashad Penny as a Marshawn Lynch clone. I think he is physical, and I think he can catch the ball. But I think the situation is is tough, and I, I don't know how many games he's going to get a big workload in. But so, he's better than Carson. I mean, he's going to be better yeah, than Carson. Be. He's going to be better than Davis. He's going to be their best guy. And so I'll draft him before Carson. And I, Davis I, and I think, else. you know, when you start to get into the, the running back, I haven't done my rankings yet, but I think when you start to get into the twenties, uh, he's going to be in the mid twenties. And so, um, you know, I, I, I think he's got the chance to be a number two type of guy. I could see if he stays healthy, 11 to 1200 total yards and about seven, eight touchdowns. Well, you have Chris Carson 22. Well, that's cool. I wouldn't put him in the twenties if you think that's what he's going to get. I'd put him low teens. No, that's where I think he's going to get. Okay. Uh, let's, so that's Penny. That's Rashad Penny, who, by the way, I've, ended his career with six straight games or five straight, five straight games of 200 rushing yards or more. <laughs> that was the way he went out yes, uh, last year and mostly against terrible defenses, three terrible defenses, rush defenses and two just kind of average to bad ones. Um, but yeah, Penny uh, is interesting. Now let's talk about all three of these running backs, and I think Twitter polls are the way to go. And here's let me actually get onto Twitter so I can see the results. But of course, I did half PPR, and I asked half PPR, "Who are you drafting first? The results were really, really close. Saquon Barkley. <laughs> yeah, right. They were, I swear. Saquon Barkley, Leonard Fournette, or Dalvin Cook. Oh, I thought you put up a poll with Barkley, Michelle, and Penny. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, I have a different one with Michelle and Penny. But Saquon Barkley, Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, who are you drafting first in half PPR? Who would you guys take first, Barkley, Fournette, or Cook? Barkley. Barkley in this format. Who who in standard? Fournette. Yeah. Okay, so here's what the Twitter people said. 37% Saquon Barkley, 33% Leonard Fournette, 30% Dalvin Cook. That's wild. That's not a surprise. I'm surprised. Why? I I didn't think that Dalvin would get a third of the votes. That that was actually going to be my vote. I think. I I I really hate this landing spot for for uh, Cook, but or for Barkley. The Giants have a golden opportunity in round two, and I it's tough to say because I know most people are going to listen to this after Friday night. They got to take. Probably Will Hernandez. Like they got to take a go. Oh, of course. They, the they rumor is they've done a lot of research on Hernandez. It, it's such a no-brainer. I would feel much better because I saw him in a lot of round one mocks. Yeah, no, he's he's one of the guys who slipped. It's it's a it's a perfect marriage if they can get Barkley and Hernandez and come away with those two first. That would help. But but right now, I mean, you are talking about a Giants team that has been among the worst run run offenses about four straight years. They've been in the bottom ten, I think. Yeah, but you would have said oh. the exact same thing, exact same thing, and we probably did about Fournette last year. Yeah, and another thing to, I said. To a word. Another thing I said about Fournette that I, I'm i going to say about Barkley. Saquon Barkley, I remember thinking this at the beginning of last year, or at this time last year, April 28th, when we did the podcast. 
his Fournette's schedule looked so tough. And Barkley's schedule looks so tough. The Eagles were second in fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs. And now they've got Michael Bennett and Haloti Nada. Dallas was seventh in fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs. And they're usually pretty good when Sean Lee is healthy. The Redskins were really bad against running backs, but they have now drafted a defensive tackle two straight years in the first round. And their defensive tackle played like six games and then missed the rest with a list Frank injury last year. The Giants also play... The Jaguars in week one, they play the Texans, they play the Colts, they play the Panthers, who are always good against the run. They play the Falcons, they play the 49ers, who had a really good run defense in the last six weeks last year. They play the Buccaneers, who have really improved their defensive line, drafted Vita Vea. And they play the Bears, Titans, and Colts. And the Titans and Colts had good run defenses last year. His schedule looks brutal. But I said the same thing about Fournette last year, and he crushed it. I think the thing that's going to help Barkley is obviously his ability to catch the ball. Um, that's, that's something that, you know, he can do, which is, you know, clearly a, a big thing for teams that struggle to run the ball. Um, I don't think he's going to see, especially if everybody's healthy, it's hard to stack the line of scrimmage against this team if everybody's right. Because True. if you have those three re- receiving options in Beckham, Shepard, and, and Ingram, you're, you're, you're single coverage on somebody and, and Eli should be smart enough to, you know, get the ball out of his hands quick and, and make plays there. So that will certainly help him. Uh, the nice thing about it is, there's a nice track record. We've seen now three straight running backs drafted in the top ten each of the last three years. Gurley, Zeke, and Fournette. They've all finished top seven in standard scoring or better. Mm-hmm. Gurley was fifth. Zeke was second. Fournette was seventh. So I think that's kind of the, the baseline for Barkley. Now, if everybody stays healthy, which is you know clearly impossible at that position, I don't know if he'll finish that high, but I think he's got a chance to be top ten. Uh, he He's... You know, like you said, it's not the most ideal landing spot. We talked about that. The Colts, the Bucks, you know, those two teams may have been a better situation for him, the Broncos. But this is still an opportunity for him to, you know, John Stewart, whatever his role will be, Gallman, whatever his role will be. Well, that's that's interesting though, because does Stewart take the goal line carries? Why? Why? I, I I don't think so. I'm asking the question just for the sake of asking it. No. Okay. No. I mean, he could for almost the same reason why the Seahawks now are pretty much forced to put Rashad Penny in a prominent role. Think of the draft capital that the Giants put into Saquon Barkley. Think of the things that they've said about Saquon yeah, Barkley. Yeah, the, the one the one thing that I, I think you got to be a little bit worried though with Jonathan Stewart is the, who the general manager is because the, that move was made on purpose. You know, Gettleman yeah. knew that he knew who and knows who Jonathan Stewart is and what he's capable of doing. Um, I, I almost hope that it's more break glass in case of emergency. You know, in case Barkley's just not. Uh, you know, getting the job done for whatever, whatever capacity, short yardage, uh, you know, fourth quarter, whoever, whatever, uh, whatever may happen. But, um, I agree with what Dave said. It, it, it'd be stupid if they drafted him second overall when they have so many other needs and don't play him to the capacity of what his role should be. So tell me when you're drafting Saquon Barkley. Early second. First round. He's going to be a first round pick whether you like it or not. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It depends on how people view the, the, you know, three, four, five receiver spots. Um, because like I wasn't taking Kamara in the first round, and I'm probably gonna have them ranked back to back. So he'll be seven, eight, nine for me, running back wise. And those guys, those guys were barely first round picks um, in in the majority of leagues. So I, I can see him going in the first round. I'm not taking him in the first round. I think that's a little bit of a reach. Um, but he's uh, he's behind Gordon. He's behind Fournette. So at best, that puts him at eight for me. Why would you? Pass on him in round one and hope that you get him in round two when you can get him in round one and take one of the other good players. Well, if you like him, they're available in round two. 
Well, you should like him. He's a pretty damn well, good running right. back. So who are you going to take, like Julio Jones or Saquon Barkley? Barkley. Probably Jones. It, it, it might change a little bit in PPR. How many catches for Barkley? Say 45. I am so tempted to say over, but I think that it's safe. I think 45 <laughs> is a safe number. Because Gallman will play in that role too. I mean, they'll, they'll use him there. Now, if you're just looking at it, what they did last year behind what should be a worse offensive line. Orleans Darkwell had six games with at least nine fantasy points. Now, if you recall, toward the end of the season, that was somewhat fluky because he would just score a touchdown and get like 20, 30 yards on top of it. Um, but he didn't really get a chance to play a lot until after week five. Gallman was much more involved in the passing game toward the end of the season. So they really didn't have what you would consider, you know, a very good running back per se. So hopefully he just changes the whole tenor it's of that a, backup. It's a different coaching staff. We've got Pat yeah, Shermer bringing yep. his system in and yeah, it's not like Pat Shermer uses running backs big time out of the back of those pass catchers. We did see Jerry McKinnon have 51 catches last yeah, 13 year. catch game in the playoffs. I, I think 45 is a really nice safe number. I, I don't think that they're going to. He's got to show up in pass protection too. I, I know he can do it, but he's got to prove it in the NFL level. Yeah, right. They say it's good, his pass protection. Yeah. Can get better. Um, kind of interesting that. Hey, you mentioned Rashad Petty's, uh, Rashad Penny's yards per carry. Saquon Barkley did not have an exceptional yards per carry. 5.9 yards per carry is not very good in college. No, but it was consistent though. It was, it was 70th. It was 70th. It was about 60th a month among running backs last year. So it's not that good. But I mean, he is consensus like the number one prospect in this draft. But that also factors in when you're, when you, when you have Rashad Penny facing the Mountain West and he's facing yeah, I know, the I know. level of competition he's facing, you know, the guys that play in the SEC. I mean, it, it's just levels of defense are totally different. Yeah. And that, that was, yeah, that's definitely worth bringing up. Um, so forget about the yards per carry. Just kind of interesting, but Penny, uh, uh Barkley rather, it seems like everybody had him as the best prospect in the class. Not, not everybody, but most people, it seemed, had him as the number one prospect. Um, overall, not just running back. Yes, Saints overall. Said the Saints said that he was the number one guy on their board. Never heard a team say who the number one guy was on their board before. Um, all right, so what do you guys think about Sony Michelle? Do you like him better than Penny? Yes. Mm, same. Very similar. You know, I, I, I think Penny's got a clear cut, clearer path to feature work than Sony Michelle does. You know, Deion Lewis had 186 carries last year. I don't know if Michelle's going to get that much more if everybody's healthy because Burkhead missed a lot of time last season. And James White will still get touches. I, I'm really curious to see who's going to make the team out of Jeremy Hill or Mike Gelsley. Because I think if it's Hill, there's more of a chance that he could be a thorn in the side of both of those guys. Because I think Bill Belichick and the Patriots know what Mike Gelsley's capable of, which is probably not much. Sonny Michelle averaged seven point yards per carry in the national championship game against the number one run defense in the country against Alabama for the season. 7.9 yards per carry, and he only caught nine passes. But, but he had 48 uh, the two years before exactly, that. Exactly, yeah. 26 yeah. in 2015, 22 in 2016. So Michelle looks good. I don't know if it's the best spot. We don't know if they're going to turn him loose. You know, until the last two games of the regular season, Deion Lewis had about 50 carries because White and Burkhead were out. And Deion Lewis actually got – he got about 50 fantasy points too. I mean, he crushed it those two games. It really elevated him – to a top 12 running back in standard, I think 14th in PPR. Um, before that, you know, Deion Lewis was getting 12 to 15 carries a game after, after the Gillis Lee exper- experiment. So Dave, um, what, who do you like, you like Michelle better than uh, Penny? You said, what do you expect from Michelle? I ranked him seven spots higher than Penny in my standard running back rankings. And I think he's the type of player that you're just going to have to be patient with 
when you draft him. You can't draft him. You might not even be able to start him right away because you don't know what his role is going to be. You're you're not certain that the Patriots are going to lean on him. I would imagine that New England would ease him into any role that he has, but once he gets a good role, uh, I, I I like him. I think he's a, a good running back. I think he's a better pass catcher than what the stats say. He's an excellent pass protector. Might be the best pass blocker in the draft. And I think he's going to find playing time really soon ahead of uh, – Burkhead was great last year, but I don't think he's – I don't think he's a legitimate threat to take you know, half the rushing workload. Same thing with James White. Same thing with Jeremy Hill. Same thing with Mike Gillisley. I, I'd almost say that Michelle has a chance to be a better version of Deion Lewis and a healthier one. <laughs> yeah. And a younger one. And uh, the one thing that well, does I mean, look, it's hard to guys. say that Deion Lewis wasn't healthy last year. He played 16 games. I know, but that was the first time in his career that he ever did it. Yeah, but you're just comparing him to last season. Not comparing him to what this career. Deion was. Lewis had a great year last year, career type season. I think Michelle, if he plays 16 games and gets at least that same workload, will be better. Okay, here's something that worries me. Tell me if it worries you. Rex Burkhead had five rushing touchdowns last year in 10 games. Four of them were from three yards out or closer. He was a legit goal line running back, and we don't see too many of those in the NFL. But Rex Burkhead really was that guy. If it's Burkett or if they cut him, I don't know if they would, but and keep Jeremy Hill maybe. Is that they're not something cutting, that they're can, not cutting Burkett? No, okay. So then if they they're going to keep Burkett, are, are is, is that a concern of yours with Sony Michelle? Well, you're also throwing out Gillisley in his touchdowns. It's it's Either everything. Way. I mean, it, they're it, it. Look, Adam, you've talked about this a lot. How the the myth versus the reality of what the Patriots running backs have been. When they find a guy, they tend to lean on him for. Around 200 carries. Again, Lewis was 186 last year. So uh, had they given him more work early in the season, he would have been over 200. But that's also taken into account that Burke had missed a lot of time. Had the, the leg injury, the knee problem, whatever it was toward the end of the season. So with what James White does as a pass catcher, with what Burke could do as a combo back, and I do think that Sonny Michelle, while he can be a pass catcher, and you're right, Dave, his numbers are sort of uh, underrated compared to what his pass catching ability could be. I don't see him doing that very much in this team because they don't need him to do that very much with this team. So I think he's going to be a very good player. I think this is a terrible landing spot for his fantasy value. And so the comparison, because that's the only thing we have right now, is Penny versus Michelle. The upside for both, if they both get the same amount of work, I think Penny's upside is higher. Just because I, well, I, I shouldn't say the same amount of work. I think the upside is higher for Penny because he will get the opportunity for more work. And we consider and nitpick how bad the Seattle offensive line is. We don't know how good the Patriots offensive line is going to be. They added two new guys. Both guys are coming off of injury. And so hopefully they're healthy. You have a guard that's going to be converted to tackle. You have a right tackle that has some weight issues that hasn't apparently been in good shape that they just added from San Francisco. And so while Tom Brady makes this team great, it's not like Russell Wilson makes the Seattle Seahawks bad. So I think it's a situation where both guys are questionable in their spots. But who has the better chance to feature down work? I think it's Penny. So this was a Twitter poll that I put up. Uh, half PPR, who would you, who are you drafting first? Sony Michelle, Carlos Hyde, or Rashad Penny? And let's take a look at the results. Uh, Carlos Hyde leading the way, 41%. Oh my gosh, I put him as San Francisco running back Carlos Hyde. Ugh. No, that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. I wonder if that's the case that people don't realize he switched teams. It, it's going to be interesting to see tonight because there is still be. some talk that the Browns are going to take another running back. And so if that happens, which really, really mess things up for both Hyde and Duke Johnson, because I think they're in a good spot right now for their fantasy value. But, you know, Cleveland, I think, is looking long term because Hyde's on a one-year deal and Duke Johnson could be a free but agent. But they could so. draft a running back next year. 
They oh, could, but I mean, that. that's just kind of what we have to hope they're for. Sta- right? They're staring talent in the face. I mean, you know, it's uh, yeah. But they, uh, our our good buddy Nathan Zagura has been right on this. He called Baker Mayfield. Um, I don't think he called uh, you know, not taking Denzel Ward. Chubb. Yep. Right. But um, you know, he he tweeted out a list of players the Browns were looking at, and it was the the running backs with that spot in the second round to start the draft. And it's multiple picks at the top of the second round. Yep. Yeah. So uh, sorry, I just want to complete the Twitter poll. Carlos Hyde, number one. But I, it may be because I put San Francisco. I don't know. I'm an idiot. And uh, Sony Michelle, 31%. Rashad Penny, 28%. So those guys pretty close. And I just want to finish up the running back discussion. Dave, why don't you tell us where you have all three of them and who are who's immediately in front and immediately behind, starting with Saquon Barkley. Barkley I have at in standard leagues in my running back rankings. He is number eight. I have him behind Melvin Gordon and ahead of Alvin Kamara. Uh, Sony Michelle, I've got currently at 25, uh, behind Tevin Coleman, ahead of Carlos Hyde, and Rashad Penny is at 32, behind Deontay Foreman, and ahead of Duke Johnson. And in PPR, you have Barkley eighth, and he is behind Gordon, ahead of Fournette. You have Michelle 27th, ahead of Coleman, behind, or, uh, ahead of Thompson, behind Chris, uh, Ter- Tevin Coleman, jeez. I think I screwed up the Barkley thing. It goes Gordon, Barkley, Fournette. And then in the mid-20s, it's Coleman, Michelle, Thompson, and Penny. It's uh, 34, Tariq Cohen, 35, Rashad Penny, and 36, Ty Montgomery. You would take Sonny Michelle over Chris Thompson in PPR? Yeah. Ooh. Why not? He's going to score more touchdowns. Maybe. Well, actually, maybe he won't. <laughs> maybe it's going to be Burkhead. All right, uh, half PPR, who are you drafting first? Atlanta wide receiver Calvin Ridley. Carolina wide receiver DJ Moore. Oakland wide receiver Martavis Bryant. Who do you take it first, Moore, Ridley, or Bryant? Moore by leaps and bounds. I hate this spot for Ridley. I so so. I hate love it. it. What? What do you mean you hate it? Oh, I hate it so bad. Oh, it's such man. a bad spot for his fantasy value. Why do you say that? I'm so interested. Because I don't think Sarkeesian's offense is going to support three wide receivers, and I think he's going to be third in terms of targets plus the running backs. It's just a terrible landing spot for him. I don't think he'll be third in targets. Sarkeesian worked with Ridley at Alabama. He knows what he can do. I think he'll be second, but it doesn't mean that he's going to get 120 targets. I just think, yeah. I, I think, I think Ridley can be a good bench receiver for fantasy owners this year. You'll take him in around 10. You might use him a couple of weeks, but that's about it. Yeah. It's, it's bad spot for him. You know what? Here's, okay. I think that's it. That's interesting. Didn't quite consider it, but cause I just think. All right, revised opinion. Not loving Ridley maybe in year one. I think long term, this could be really good. No, that yeah. I think long term, yes, could be a great Short compliment. Term, terrible, great compliment for um for Julio Jones, and I just see them having one of the fastest offenses. They've got burners, and they're on, and just I think they could just go crazy. Uh, are you guys feeling Matt Ryan right now? Or does that have very well, they were impact? they were they were slow before getting Ridley. I mean, this was a slow team. No, I think Freeman, Julio Jones, if they're used correctly, Freeman, Julio Jones, t- Kevin Coleman, get him out in space, and now Calvin Ridley, I think, I think they've got speed there. Yeah, but Sanu's slow, Julio's slowing For- down. Forget Sanu, forget Sanu. Out with the, out with the Sanu, in with the new. <laughs> that was terrible, sorry. You should've just said out with the old, in with the Sanu. But I don't want to be in with the Sanu. In with the new Sanu. Yeah, he, uh, like Ridley, I, well, I like R- Calvin Ridley. I think he's I like him too. I just wish he went to a team that could feature him a little bit more. Do you, how much do you guys like DJ Moore? Him I like a lot. 
I'm, I like the talent a lot. I hate his landing spot. Oh, I love him with North Turner. I think he's the number one guy there now. Devin Funches is just a guy. Greg Olson is clearly the tight end and he's going to get his targets. McCaffrey will get his, but this, this kid will be the, the best rookie wide receiver. Depending on where Cortland Sutton ends up, this kid will be the best rookie wide receiver. Yeah, I'm not ready to say that. You want to talk about a track record. Cam's had three receivers get over a thousand yards in his career. Two were Steve Smith and one was barely Kelvin Benjamin. And I think DJ Moore is good. They're going to use him the right way, but there, there's a couple of things that I'm worried about, like, you know, going down the sideline for a 50 50 ball, deep speed. I don't know if he's got those elements to his game perfected, like a, a typical first round wide receiver. Well, wide. none of these guys are. I mean, I think if you're comparing them to classes uh, around you them, you can't do that for sure. These guys don't. I, I think, I think they're double digit round guys. Oh, I don't think he's a must-start fantasy guy, but I think if you're Would talking about— Would you take about, him in round eight? Uh, it's the halfway point in your draft is, is DJ Moore yes. on your list. Yes. Yeah, I'm not there. Because he's better than Funches. That's Whew. it. Dave, who's the best Carolina wide receiver? I'll still take Funches on touchdowns alone, but I, I do think Funches' numbers are going to drop. Funches? I think they're going to spread the ball around all Greg over the Olson place. Greg Olson was healthy, Funches was a non-factor. Yeah, when Calvin Benjamin was there, Funches didn't really do that much. Yeah. And I mean, he got he's more just targets guy. there then. He's a big guy. Yeah. Um, well, who, who has a bigger bump? I'm not saying who do you rank ahead, cause I know you're gonna rank Cam ahead. Who has a bigger bump? Cam or, uh, or Ryan? Vic or Ryan? I, I mean, Cam him. was already a top five guy for me, so I'm not moving him higher at all. I didn't move him either. He's seventh for me. Uh, I moved Ryan up one spot. Yeah, see, I think, uh, I, I know I walked in on the, on the Derek Carr conversation. It, it's just such a loaded spot, a position this year for fantasy. Like, would not be a surprise if Matt Ryan's a top 10 guy. He's had, uh, I think we talked about this, uh, or at least I talked to you about it, Adam. Uh, Matt Ryan's second year in, um, yeah. second year with a new offensive coordinator has been good for the most part over the course of his career. So I would assume he's going to be better with Sarkeesian. Obviously this move speaks to that. Um, I think you'll see Derek Carr get a lot better, uh, because last year he was playing with three broken bones in his back. And so that clearly was a, a problem. Uh, plus John Gruden will make him better. So these are guys in terms of Ryan and and uh, and Carr that you can just wait on and can easily easily be top twelve quarterbacks. Now they may not finish um, two or three spots ahead of the guy in front of them, or they you know they may finish two or three spots behind you know a couple guys in front of them. Like Derek Goff may be better uh, per se than than him, but it, you know if you're getting twenty one point five points on on average for the season from Goff, let's say, or um, Cousins. Winston, then these guys could be 20.1. You know, I mean, that's how close it'll be. So you're not going to be disappointed, I think, if you end up waiting on Carr or wait on Ryan. Man, uh, uh, a lot of quarterbacks. A lot of good yeah, quarterbacks. It's, it's, it's amazing. All right, we're going to do some more winners and losers in a bit. Um, Hayden Hurst we should talk about. Of course, Baltimore, we got to talk about the quarterbacks. Now, we could probably do two hours today, but we won't. I want to play a quick game, though. Wait until Monday. <laughs> yeah, Monday's going to be nuts. Uh, Dave. I'm only gonna, I'm gonna put you on the spot here. With the, what was it, the 12th pick, the Buccaneers selected Vita Vea. Mm hmm. Living La Vita Vea. New team name, by the way. <laughs> uh, I want, thank you. I tweeted it. I tweeted it last night. That was really so I could like kind of trademark it. I want you to try to pronounce Vita Vea's full name, which I've put in the podcast notes. And okay. maybe I should spell it for, for everybody. What do you no, think? don't spell it. They can Google it. Okay. Just, I, Cause that's what I did. You can just Google Vita Vea 
V I T A V E A. That's that's how you spell his name. Yeah, and then put full name. Yeah, Vita Vea full name. You want me to give it a shot? Yeah, go ahead. Tavita Tulikionu Tuipuloto Mosese Vahai Faletao Vea. I nailed it. Pretty good. <laughs> Did I nail that? Pretty good. As it's not as hard as as it's more intimidating than it is challenging. Um, you did pretty well. You probably got like an eighty-five percent on that. Good job. I, I'm really enjoying what the Buccaneers have been doing. Uh, just investing in both sides of the line of scrimmage in free agency and now the draft. But it's what, been fun. What was interesting was they were very, very linked to Derwin James at seven, and then they traded down to twelve. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're gonna get Derwin James, and he kept on falling all the way to seventeen. And that was he was one of the biggest fallers. And sometimes. Sometimes there's just stuff that, like, how could that happen, you know? And maybe there's red flags. I don't know. Sometimes it's medical. Uh, yeah, I, I heard some things that apparently he's got some off-field issues. So um, not necessarily something that's a um, problem, but, you know, when you're nitpicking. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I, he collects other people's toenails? Uh, potentially. <laughs> um, there's some news on the tight end front. Oh, okay. The Chargers have informed Antonio Gates he will not be back. So oh. he is on the market. Ooh. Could he be heading to Dallas? Are you he, moving Hunter Henry up? He might be going No, Hunter Henry was already yeah, slotted where he was because I didn't expect Antonio Gates to play again. Maybe he's going the way of Jason Witten. Maybe they'll both be in the uh, Monday Night Football booth. Hunter Henry is Well, if, if Witten officially retires. Yeah, Hunter Henry's top seven for you guys. Uh, all right, so listen, dynasty stuff, I'm not sure we're going to get into it today unless you guys want to give a quick uh, thought on, like, of these two first-round wide receivers, Moore and Ridley, who do you like better? Who do you like better in Dynasty? More. I think I like more a shade better than Ridley. More. Long term. By the way, who said this? Quote: You want to know how I feel? They have never been able to replace me until now. Steve Smith. That's right. About DJ Moore. That's right. And we are probably not going to be drafting Hayden Hurst this year. He was taken 25th overall, the tight end for Baltimore now. And then Baltimore traded into the first round, the last pick of the first round with the Eagles. Gave up a lot. Gave up a couple of second round picks to take Lamar Jackson, their quarterback. And nobody thinks that. In fact, Jason Lockevora said on HQ last night, this will be Joe Flacco's last year in Baltimore. But uh, what do you think about Hayden Hurst, short term and long term? Well, I mean, he's 25, so his long term could potentially be limited. Um, he was the best tight end prospect coming into the draft. And I think he has a chance to be impactful not at the level of Evan Ingram last season, but I do think he could have a six to eight touchdown type of year. I mean, this is a, a quarterback in Joe Flacco when he's had a good tight end, he's leaned on him. And so looking at this receiving core, it's bad. So he could he could be a playmaker right away. But you're not drafting him though. No, you're right. That's what I was gonna say. You're not you're not drafting Hayden Hurst. And uh hopefully we'll have some more tight ends, including Goddard come off the board on Friday. Offensive yeah, I, I heard uh, uh, Armando Salguero, the Dolphins beat writer, saying that Miami is looking at both Goddard and Gusecki uh, with their second-round pick. So I'd be surprised if those guys were on the board if the Dolphins did not take one. Uh, let's do quarterback before offensive line. I think that makes more sense. So Baker Mayfield to Cleveland, number one. Sam Darnold to the Jets, number three. Buffalo traded up to seventh and took Josh Allen. Arizona traded up to tenth and took Josh Rosen. And then Baltimore traded up to get Lamar Jackson, 32nd overall, last pick. Adam, what, what would it take for you to eat poop? Horse poop. 
<laughs> one million dollars. One million dollars? Did you see what the radio host in Cleveland did? No. He said he was so convinced that the Browns were not taking Baker Mayfield. He said if they took Mayfield, he would eat horse poop. Oh, jeez. And then he did. He, no, he did not. He did. Like a bean boozle flavor or like actual? <laughs> I think it was actual. I'll check to make sure, but I, I could have sworn that's what I heard. That's what a crappy story. Horrifying. <laughs> that is horrifying. Wow. Who do you like most this year? This year? Mm-hmm. Mayfield, but it's, I'm not drafting any of them. Uh, this year, I like Josh Allen the most. It's no. two quarterbacks. No, sorry, Josh Rosen the most. Two Excuse quarterback me. leagues. I was about to go, wow. Josh Rosen the most. Josh Rosen and Arizona. Rosen, but Allen, wow. Do you think any of these guys will be starting day one? Week one. No. Uh, I could see Allen starting week one and I could see Rosen starting week one. Only because Sam Bradford may not <laughs> be healthy. <laughs> and I think Josh Allen's more talented than AJ McCarron. Who do you like best in Dynasty? Mayfield. Mayfield. Hmm. Who who do you like second best? For fantasy, Lamar Jackson. Me too. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. I didn't really want him to go to Baltimore. New England. Why not? I I was hoping for New England. I just trust that they'd be able to turn him into something. He, he, he's not a, good a pretty passer. good franchise. They're... So you're you're saying that if he had gone to New England, Coach Josh McDaniels would have taken <laughs> his system as the head coach there in New England and done something with it. I feel like when we talked to Emory Hunt, he said that he said that Louisville system was similar to New England's. Dave, do you recall that? I think that's who it was. I know he compared one of the systems to New England's. I thought it was Louisville's. If, uh, you're, if you're looking for a fun connection, um, the offensive coordinator for the Ravens was the same offensive coordinator for Michael Vick. Yes, it was Marty Morningwood. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so it's a West Coast system, but. They can dress it up to play to Lamar Jackson's strength. And think about the two of the three quarterbacks that are on the roster right now. Well, we will have to figure out when to draft these guys and who's got a lot of upside. Because, look, a lot of people didn't think this was a that strong of a quarterback class. And you have to think about Christian Ponder and Jake Locker. These were top 15 picks, right? I don't remember exactly where Locker went. Right, but that was a weird year. Like, do you remember the circumstances yeah, yes. around that draft? It was the that finding, was it was the, the money thing, right? Yeah, it was they during were the lockout. Gonna change the CBA? No, it was the lockout more than the CBA. But I thought they were Seems... gonna change it so that the quarterbacks were gonna become less expensive, so people well, reach sure. for quarterbacks. Well, sure. That was part of, that was part of the CBA, but these were the first transactions that any NFL teams could make during the offseason. There was no free agency. So any team that needed a quarterback pretty much had to, you know, put down for one. During that draft. These guys will all be second and third round picks in Dynasty. Yeah. Yep. At best. Yep. Yeah. So that, that 2011 draft was Cam Newton 1, Jake Locker 8, Blaine Gabbert 10, Christian Ponder 12. Four in the first 12. We had four yeah. in the first Dalton 10. Dalton was in the uh, second round, wasn't he? And Kaepernick. Kaepernick too. Yeah. Yep. We had four in the first 10 last night. Uh, we haven't really mentioned Sam Darnold. What do you guys think about him with the Jets? I'm not excited. He, he, I wasn't excited by Darnold coming in. Not, and listen, I'm a total amateur when it comes to watching college quarterbacks and evaluating them. And I think fit matters more than anything. I think it's pretty obvious that if the Jets don't do well this year, Darnold will still be there, but the rest of that coaching staff won't be. They should probably put in something that'll fit in with Darnold. That'll be nice. 
but they've they've got a lot of work to do to build around him. That's another team that's got an iffy offensive line and iffy receiving core. Um, I'm I'm not I'm not expecting big things from Darnold this year. And honestly, I don't know. This might sound stupid five years from now, but I don't know if he's going to be that great of a quarterback um, down oh, the line. Well, I mean, look of these four. Let's just take the top four, right? And not not, but the top four who were picked in the top ten of the draft. I'm going to guess two of them are good. You know, it's just that's based yeah, on nothing sure. that's, other than history. It's just what happens with quarterbacks. So I don't think you, anybody out there who gets something wrong. Look, I mean, GMs get it wrong all the time, and so much of it's going to be about fit and coaching and and all that stuff. I do kind of like Josh Rosen. He's he's a weirdo, but he's, why is he a weirdo? He's different. He's not a weirdo. He's different. Um, he plays he's a different type of person or a different type of prospect. Different type what of person. Mean? He's a different type of person. I don't I don't get that. What do you mean? People know this about Josh Rosen. He embraces that. He's outspoken. Uh, he, he doesn't seem to care about fitting into, you know, conforming, I'd say. I, I don't mind it. I'm not criticizing it, but he's somewhat political. I mean, he's not the type of quarterback that you see. He doesn't, he doesn't care about conventional, conventional wisdom and, and, uh, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. He's smarter than I am. That's for sure. I can't even formulate a sentence right yeah, now. Yeah. I, I think he's, uh, he, he's, he landed in a good spot. Yeah. I think he did. In Arizona. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I've, I've soured on Mike McCoy as an offensive coordinator and as a teacher. And when I, when I look at Rosen, I see so much of Jay Cutler in many different ways. But I, the thing that scares me about Rosen, and this is why I hope he does get to the field sooner than later, is that he had a shoulder injury that had to end his middle school or high school tennis career. And then he tore the rotator cuff in his shoulder that cost him a bunch of games two years ago. And then last year, two concussions in four games. I'm worried about him holding up. How's that Arizona offensive line? I, I, and, and how's that receiving core? It's kind of oh, up yeah, in the air bad. outside of Fitzgerald. So makes me kind of nervous. So, Rosen makes me a little nervous for fantasy purposes. Sure. Uh, let's take a look at the offensive. Well, actually, no. Why don't you guys rank Rank the, those five quarterbacks for dynasty purposes. Well, you know our one and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will put Rosen third. Do I have Rosen third or Darnold third? Pretty sure I have Rosen third, Darnold fourth, and Allen last. Yeah, I'll, I'll have the same top three. I'll take Allen four and Darnold last. So Mayfield, Jackson, Darn, Darnold was it? Or Rosen? Rosen three? Rosen, Man. Rosen. But Mayfield and Jackson, one and two, and then Rosen, three. I'll say the same thing, though. I think if you're just looking at who has the highest ceiling, Josh Allen has the highest ceiling, but he also has the highest floor, even in Buffalo. Highest floor? Lowest, lowest floor. Excuse me. Or lowest I, floor. I would have to say, I know you said that with Pete Prisco. I, I'd have to disagree and say Lamar Jackson has the lowest floor. I'm going to say Mayfield has the lowest He can't throw Lamar Jackson. Like He's got a lot of throwing, a lot of passing improvements to make. Lamar Jackson does? Yeah, dude. Like he's not a he's not a pe- He's got to he's got to get better at it when he's under pressure, but we can say that about Darnold too. Uh, he put up big numbers. He is not, if he were if he were that reason. good of a passer, he would have gone a lot earlier than this. I I suppose that's fair. I I, th- I wonder if teams are worried about his slight build too. Lamar Jackson's not a big dude. No. What's going to happen when he starts getting knocked around? 
Look what happened to Michael Vick. Yeah. Look what happened to Cutler. Vick was big. Okay, let's uh, move on. That big. He was kind of lean. Well, uh, he's he pretty built. Look what happened. Pretty built. Yep. Okay, offensive line. Offensive line. Uh, we know we already said that one of the winners was uh, whoever the Colts drafted in the second round. They took Quentin Nelson sixth overall. Any other uh, the the Niners, Raiders, Lions, Bengals, and Patriots drafted offensive linemen, some tackles, some guards. Any other team come out as a big winner here to you? The Niners pick was so weird until they traded Brown. Yeah, to the Patriots, Trent Brown. Yeah, so it was it was. I mean, you know, they're gonna put McGlinchey at right tackle. You would assume now, and then probably left tackle when Staley retires, but. Um, it was just weird. Like that was such a not a need for them right away until you see what the long term plan was. Is it a need for Oakland taking Colton Miller offensive tackle fifteenth overall? I you think got, that that's a long term need for well, them. You also have Donald Penn, who knows when he's going to play because John Gruden said that he's months away from being on the field, and he's coming off of surgery for a list Frank. Yeah. So he could be their starting left tackle week one. Okay, and then you got Detroit and Cincinnati both taking centers, twentieth and twenty first overall, beefing up the I love interior. I love the Detroit move. Detroit take a take a running back in rounds two or three and we'll get excited yep. about him. <laughs> yeah, that makes that line better. Ragnow definitely does that. And i like in theory I like what Cincinnati did. I just don't know if Price would have been the the guy that I would have taken. I might have gone with one of these different linemen. Yeah. I might have gone with Wynn, who I've ended up that, down uh, to the Patriots two picks later. I've heard, I've seen that criticism of uh, the Lions that might, they may have re, uh, not the, the Bengals. The Bengals. Right? Bengals. The Bengals yeah, they, they keep drafting injured players. Look, look at their last four first round picks. How much can this offensive line move help a team? Last year we had two offensive linemen drafted in the first round. Not a lot. Uh, we had Garrett Bowles to Denver, 20th overall. He played 16 games at left tackle. It's a lot for a rookie. Obviously didn't really improve. I don't, I'm not saying it was him, but their offensive line wasn't that good. Their, their run game wasn't that good last year. Uh, I thought that Bowles played well until he got hurt. And then when he came back from that injury, when he got carted off, uh, and it looked like a really serious injury at the time, when he came back, I don't think he was as good. And Denver dealt with a lot of injuries on that line last year. Yeah, right. It's never about one person. And Ryan Ramchek, though, to the Saints, that really did help. He played 16 games. He played both tackle spots. I yeah, don't know if it helped their running game that much or their passing game, but it, but that helped. So I would imagine that the Colton Miller pick is going to be a lot like that pick, where the Saints drafted him knowing they'd need him long-term, not just for next year. And then they ended up needing him, and he did fine. So I, I, I think that's what Oakland's going to end up getting out of Colton Miller. They're, they're probably saying, well, we don't know if we'll need him. It'll depend on Penn, and then Penn won't be ready, and Miller will have to start. In 2016, we had seven teams draft an offensive lineman in the first round, and five of the seven improved their rushing, uh, where they ranked you know, in their rushing offense the following year. Five of the seven improved. Three of the seven took major jumps. Tennessee with Jack Conklin, uh, Miami with Laramie Tunsil. But again, it's, a, it's about more than just one guy. And the other one was Josh Garnett or Garnett to San Francisco. Um, mm, I don't think that's because of uh, yeah, Garnett. Probably, probably not. I think that's because of Chip Kelly. Yeah, so uh, so yeah, it, it, it can help, sure, certainly. Any other draft thoughts, guys? I know there's so much to get to and we won't get to it, but what do you think of the rest of the draft, the first round? I, I moved up the Broncos DST. Yeah, that's a great move for them. An awesome move to get Chubb with Von Miller and Shane Ray and everybody else that they have, and their secondary is still good. Holy moly. 
I it's should be bad for Colton Miller. I should ask. <laughs> Uh, you're for winners and losers, actually. That's probably a more appropriate thing to do. Jamie, we heard some of Dave's. Jamie, who you got as winners and losers? Let's start with some winners. Juju. Yeah, yeah, big one. Yeah, I mean, I was uh, I was concerned about him because of target share, and now he's, you know, should be in theory have the chance to, uh, you know, at least three to four more a game with Bryant going. Um, how many did Bryant have per game? Probably yeah, I don't I know about six. We might guess, but it's not like the other guys were not getting theirs. So. Um, Gonna say under on that. I'll look it up. Go ahead, Jamie. I'm sorry. Um, I forget what I told you. Matt Ryan was one. Yeah, Matt Ryan, Elijah Penny, or not Elijah Penny, Rashad Penny, <laughs> Rashad Penny. Matt Ryan, and Juju Smith-Schuster. Your losers yeah. were, uh, I think Calvin Steven. Ridley, Stephen Ridley, or Calvin Ridley. <laughs> Calvin Ridley. <laughs> uh, Amari Cooper is a loser for you. You're gonna move him down. Yeah, I mean it's uh, you know, again, somebody's gonna take some targets away from him. Mm-hmm. And Devin Funchess, you already. Major thoughts. Clearly. Yeah, I, I was never really a fan of Funches this season because again, I saw what the target share was when Greg Olson was healthy versus when he wasn't healthy. So this just makes Devin Funches uh, a, yeah. a borderline number three receiver. Shut my mouth, man. Martavis Bryant, five point six targets per game last year. Yeah, that's under six, barely. Dave, did you have any more winners or losers you wanted to fire away I mean, with? Broncos DST, Chargers, Saints, Bucks DST. Just got to look at who they play in week one. I believe the Bucks and Saints play each other in week one, so that'll be kind of iffy. Um, no, I, I, I think we covered it all. I got I'm, a loser. I'm at the list. I got a loser for you. Evan Ingram. I'm not sure if I believe this, but just thinking, a lot of mouths to feed. I don't think that, I don't think Saquon Bartley is going to have 77 catches, which is what Shane Vereen and Wayne Gallman combined for last year. But I do think that the Giants might run the ball more now. They've been, or usually they're around like 25th in rush attempts. And Ingram, I just worry about him going a little bit too high with Beckham back, with Shepard. If they're, everybody's healthy and now they run the ball more, Ingram I think could be the one that really loses. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's behind Hunter Henry for sure. Um, he might have to go behind Jimmy Graham now too. I guess maybe the optimistic approach would be that Sterling Shepard loses and Ingram doesn't. But somebody's losing, and it's not. Well, I think be they bad. all lose. If not they run bad. the ball better, they all lose. What's going to happen when they're get when they get inside the five? Beckham. Think of think of all the different options that they have. Is Eli and Manning? Is Eli Manning a winner? I don't know. Are we taking touchdowns away from him too because of of Barkley getting there? Could be. The Giants' running backs had five rushing touchdowns last year. Oof. Saquon might have that after four games. This year. <laughs> Jonathan Stewart could have that after four games. <laughs> oh my god. If he does, then something very bad happened to Saquon Barkley. Uh, what, what else we got here for the for this draft? Um, God, the Giants running backs had only six rushing touchdowns in 2016. Roquan Smith is going to be a IDP legend. Yes. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who's the better of the two for IDP leagues because of what the defensive line versus linebacker split will be. So if Chubb, because you see it all the time, guys that play opposite elite pass rushers tend to have some fluky seasons, and he could have double-digit sacks right out of the gate without question. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts? Let's get to round two and three, baby. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the show tonight. It should be fun. Watch it on HQ. And for Dave Richard and Jamie Eisenberg, I'm Adam Azer. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Right. na 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 <laughs>